welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. Let's talk about ministers for a second. Or ministry. I think, uh, I think that the term minister has gone through a evolution, if I can use that word right, um, for many, many centuries. And I'm not about to go through every little detail every century, because I'll lose you. But here's the thing. It always fascinates me. Um, and I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, where someone says, I'm going to surrender myself to full-time Christian service. And used to be, I'll be honest, that never fazed me. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's awesome. But later, and this is kind of how it happens when you start thinking too much, um, I was thinking, wait a minute. So uh, if he's going into full-time Christian ministry, what was he before? Was he part-time? Three-quarters time? And of course, that's not what they mean. What they mean is, I want to be a professional minister. And the reason that is such a anomaly is because really in the New Testament, and there are ministers that will defend this thought process, but I'm telling you straight up, it wasn't that way initially. And of course, you know, and I want to start setting up a bunch of straw men, but here's the issue. Um, people will say, well, you know, things evolve, you know, evolve and things grow and ministry expands and blah, 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 blah. And I get that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, so you mean like through the Middle Ages where the where the church like took over everything. And then there were people getting tons and tons of money. And then they go, wait, 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 wait. No, no, I'm talking about Protestants. Oh, okay. Um, I mentioned before that to me it's in some ways incredulous. I mean, I just, man, my brain tries to wrap its... Uh, ministers making as much as they make used to be once upon a time I heard of churches that tried to pay their pastor on an average okay not like at the top of the heap of you know well we can't, can't have our pastor poor you know because we're going to just and, and to be honest with you, it's, it's really kind of a paradox because in the church arena, there's all levels. And uh, if you're dealing with uh, high church traditions or, or lower church traditions or what have you, how ministers get paid... Uh, and how you evaluate them. But the thing I'm getting at is this. Ministry is everyone. 
It always has been. And it always will be. It's everyone. There are people who are gifted because that's that's what people that's how they justify paying people. Well, you know, we send them to we send them to seminary and man, they got this big old fat degree, you know. Well, yeah, but do they really know anything? I mean, because look, you know, how many, you know, they got this this master's degree, this doctor degree. Are they teaching at that level? Why, no, you know, there's nobody in the pew that would understand all that. Well, okay, then why? Why are you having them go through all these master's and doctorate programs when no one in the pew understands what they're talking about? And evidently they don't seem to feel like they need to bring up that level sometimes. Now, granted, this is broad brush in a bit, all right? So there are pastors who actually, I mean, are doing it. They're, they're educating. They're, they're parish. They're people. They're doing what the Lord asked them to do. What a weird thought. They're actually educating them and, and bring them up to speed with biblical studies and stuff, which is fan-stinking-tastic. But the issue is, you would be amazed at the number of well you know the number of excuses sometimes you know, i can't do that they'll run me off well i got a question what were you here for in the first place you know are, are you eye candy is that what's going on i mean what's going on if you're not teaching and you're and you are given a really fat freaking degree you know you earn this big honking degree to teach people and you're not doing that. What are you doing? Well, you know, I'm administrative, and uh, I do a lot of, you know, the, 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 you know, a lot of committees. And stuff. Well, that's just dandy. Because goodness alive, nobody else in the church could do that. Oh, wait a minute, they can. Well, well, you know, brother, they really won't volunteer to do that. And you're right, they won't. And that's why ministers end up doing that. It's because the people in the pew have absconded. They have abandoned the thought process of ministry of their own. They have. We hire ministers to do ministry. Well, why? That's our job. Now, I'm going to have to throw a little caveat in here. Because... I am licensed to the gospel ministry in the state of Texas. And I've been that way a long time. But the issue is still, whether I'm in church leadership or not, ministry never leaves me the requirement Jesus has for, for everyone to, do, to minister never leaves you. And there are a million. How many people are there in the world? That's how many ministries there are. I mean, if if you do leather work, knitting, mowing grass, whatever, there is a ministry for you. Now, we try to separate ministry and say, okay, you got the ministers over here, and you got the lay people over here, and the lay people, you know, they sit down and shut up, and then the ministers get up there and they talk, throw the brains out. And that's 
tragic. I'll be honest. I really kind of I, I, I love the, the the dynamic in in African American churches where the people are talking to the minister and he's talking back to them and, he, and they're preaching and it's almost like a group thing and it's tripping awesome. But the issue is ministry is not about is not what happens at the pew. It, it's part of it, yes. But that's the equipping stage. The ministry is supposed to be, and I've mentioned this before, from the people. Now, what am I saying? In Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, and this is Paul writing a letter. He, he says this to... Uh, in the letter, he says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. And in English, or more modern English, let's say, And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you've received from the Lord. I'm telling you straight up, that is for everybody. Now, Paul is saying it, yes, to Archibus, but does he mean, oh, well, you know, nobody else has to do that. It's just Archibus. He's the only one. No. It's for everybody. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus as absolutely has to fulfill their ministry. They have a ministry. Now, part of that ministry is sharing Jesus with people. But how you do that is there are a million ways as long as the gospel gets out of you into the ears of the person in front of you or around you or however that, that needs to work. But um, let me point something out. And this, 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 this is for this kind of the nail, so to speak, in the coffin of my little thought process. The word ministry, the word ministry in this is the word diakonia. In fact, if you look the word ministry up in the New Testament, more often than not, that's the word you're going to find. For ministry. What is diakonia? Well, I, a lot of you out there right now are, are, are thinking, "Man, I've heard that word. Man, that word. That word. It's coming. It's coming. What is it? It sounds like something. That sounds like something." And you're right, because that's where we get the word deacon out of. A deacon, and it means service. It's service. So, if you want to be a high-fluting, high-mighty minister, you need to get on your knees and start working your little brain out. For real. Because service is what it's about. And if you think about it, and if you look at the New Testament model, it makes sense. Because these are people 
you know, part of the early church had to do with taking leadership from within the church, the local con congregation. The leadership, more often than not, came from there. Why? Because the church was able to watch and see the people within that local body who were doing stuff, who were helping other people, who were praying for people, who were sharing the word and teaching other people, and were doing outreach for other people. They were watching and they said to themselves, wow, that person looks like God is working on them, working through them, working with them. They have God on board. The Lord Jesus is with that person. Then, they might call him to be a deacon. Or, if they met the qualifications, maybe an elder. But they got to see it. They got to see it. The complication we've got now, and I've said this before also, professional ministry is ruining stuff because now it's all about the CEO brain it's all about I'm running an organization even though you can't take that person and stick them in uh, the same size organization and and make it fly most of the time now there's some people that are gonna wait 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 no no I'll call foul okay wait a minute okay and let me let me explain a lot of people get this idea that the church is like this business organization because it's a non-profit organization, at least in, in the U.S. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of profit goes through non-profit organizations. Hospital is a non-profit organization. CEO of a hospital makes a lot of money. And I think the pastors in some ways end up chasing them. Now, the way I'm describing this makes it sound like all the pastors are that way, and that's not true. Okay, I just wanted to just want to straight up tell you. I'd say about a quarter of the there's a real disparity, but the thing is, is there's a quarter of the pastors that are like in mega churches and stuff, and some of these guys. I mean, I've, I've listened to some sermons, and you're like, wow, mm, wow. And I'm not saying wow in a good way. I'm just saying, hmm. And then, uh, and then you're saying, and then I'm thinking, how much is this guy getting? So here's a, the other thing: is about a quarter of these in these kind of churches. Now, am I am I am I pooing on mega churches? No, not necessarily. There's some mega churches that are really doing some awesome stuff, but about three quarters of the churches are a lot smaller than that and those people do not have that kind of money and they uh, a lot of pastors struggle a lot of pastors never make it through the ministry a lot of pastors drop there's plenty of research out there in Pew and Gallup and Barna and everyone that, that talks about how rough that situation is and part of that has to do with the fact that the people in the pew have abandoned ministry. They've abandoned it. And 
you want to know why it's so hard to find volunteers and 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 you know people for to choose as deacons because people ain't doing anything. You got to have something to see. Now, is that true for everybody? No, no. But in general, the issue has always been humility and humbleness. Well, it's always been uh, and, and lack of arrogance. Humility and gratitude. Humility and gratitude. You want to see a good pastor? You look at a pastor with humility and, and gratitude. Who really loves his people. Who does as much as he can or she can to take care of the people they know within their congregation. And sometimes, by the way, church, sometimes they do that at their own demise. Because there are churches that will flat let a minister, a professional, run themselves into the ground because they're a professional. That's why this this concept of professional ministers is to me just it's it's poison. It's poison for the pew, it's poison for the pulpit. Because in the pulpit these people get run like crazy. Because oh that's what I'm paying them for, dang it. And in the pew people are like, well, you know, I don't have to do anything. Oh, that's why I paid them. So So getting back to minister, it's a servant. God has certain servants that are gifted to equip other servants. Those are your elders. God has special gifts given to certain servants for for more efficient, spirit-filled service. Those are deacons. So... When you're looking for a church, or you're maybe you're in a church right now, and you're you're saying, "Yeah, do this. Find your own ministry, and it doesn't have to be in the church. The church, the church is should be ground zero for focusing." Your minister and ministerial gifts through it, but I'll be the first one to tell you, church hierarchy because of the way the church evolved, evolved. Uh, a lot of times, man, you'll get the stiff arm in the face. You know, you'll 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 talk to the hand instead, and you and the ministry that's on your heart never materializes. And if that happens in your church, you can either find another one or find another outlet. But don't. Don't don't let your ministry that the Spirit gives you, your biblical ministry that the Spirit gives you, be squelched. One of the most wonderful ministries that I've run across is is a ministry where ladies in the church will get together and make a blanket. They make memory blankets for for people. The family, when somebody passes away, they make blankets for babies when they're born. And uh, 
it's not something where they're at the pulpit screaming and yelling, climbing up on jazz. They're not running up and down the aisle. But I can guarantee you that ministry is doing some awesome things in people's hearts. And that's just one. So, with that in mind, I want you to keep on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your life.